Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. We're married, and we like to do a lot of different things together. But what got us together initially was that we love to eat and we like to drink. And we love to learn how our favorite foods and beverages came to be. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk about something delicious and answer the question, Where did this come from? on Netflix and Hulu. <laughs> Sign up for a new streaming Sign service. Sign up for a new streaming service. <laughs> Which is what we did this weekend. Yes, big time news from the oh, podcast. We got really bored with everything on the streaming services we have subscriptions to. So we did something we haven't done in a really long time, which was binge an entire season, season of a show. In one night. In one night. On Friday, yeah. It wasn't like healthy, but it was we're, fun. We're a little late to the, I think we're a little late to the the party here but we watched the entire first season of ted lasso on friday night which which was really good fantastic absolutely <laughs> fantastic like heartwarming and funny and not depressing because i feel like i can't watch sad yeah. or scary things right now um no it so. was perfect it was exactly the right mood for where we were at in life right now i think yeah. where most people are yeah. at in life so if you haven't heard of this uh, apple tv plus thing it's uh <laughs> fantastic little upstart out there <laughs> yeah highly recommend checking small them guys out. <laughs> um no but it it was fun that was Although great. we needed to take a, a tv break after that um yes but. yeah we definitely did and uh research for this week's episode which brings me to yes. welcome back everybody yes. to another episode of where did this come from the podcast where we talk about all things delicious and their origin stories. I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. And today we are going to be talking about the bun mi sandwich. The bun mi sandwich. Yes. Now, until I heard you practicing pronunciation of this, I would have said bun mi. Yes, that is incorrect. Incorrect. It is bun mi. Bun mi. Yes. Okay. So. For all you hear that out there. plenty of times throughout the episode. I will yes. try to get it right every single time. I know. Um, but yes, the pronunciation is important, and apparently everyone in America has been doing it wrong. <laughs> Go figure. Yes. Or everyone in America who doesn't speak Vietnamese, I guess. Um, but yeah, so for those of you who do not know what a bun mi sandwich is, it is... Basically a baguette, um, a baguette-like bread that is has pate on it, Ooh. Uh, mayonnaise. Two of my top of... ten foods already there. Let's <laughs> see um, Some kind of meat, um, so like ham or pork or chicken, typically cold cuts, but I know a lot of places in the U.S. will do sort of like – a warm, like, shredded meat. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it has pickled carrot and usually daikon radishes uh, and then sliced cucumber. And typically it has cilantro on it as well. Which for you is a nightmare. Which for me is a nightmare, so I always get it without cilantro. Or on the side so I can have your cilantro. Yes, cilantro is the devil's herb. Not not for some of us. I know. Some of us find it quite refreshing and delicious. Yeah, for me it tastes like soap, soapy water with a little bit of like metallic flavor. Pleasant. Um, Yes, so nice. So pleasant. So I always order my banh mi without cilantro, uh, but typically it does have it. And I didn't know this, but, you know, here we've been introduced 
to the sandwich as like a lunch or dinner mm-hmm. option. Um, similar to like a sub, everything is kind of right. It's like your whole meal on a bun. Yeah, it's a busy sandwich, but it all comes together very it does. nicely. Um, but in in Vietnam, it's actually served as breakfast or like a snack. Ooh. So it's like a, it's a street food. Bun me um, for breakfast. Bun me for breakfast. Ooh. Yes. Okay. I know Ideas. we could get on board with that. But yes, oh, the other thing that um, I should have mentioned is it also includes maggi sauce. Ooh, what's that? Um, it's like a, it's sort of like a hot sauce. Ooh, yeah. I was like, there is some spice to bun me, so. Yes. Every every one of your taste buds sort of gets like a little punch because you've got like the sweet and the savory and the salty and the spicy. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, you've got the... Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but it does have like oh, all senses, like all taste sensations in one. Yeah. From the pickled carrots to the, oh yeah. I mean, you listed the ingredients already. I'm not going to run through it, but <laughs> thanks for that addition, Trev. You just went through. <laughs> Excellent I contribution. I literally just said that. Excellent contribution. No. So this is, this actually was interesting to research because there isn't a ton of information on the bun me sandwich um, out there. But it ties very closely with the history of Vietnam. So a lot of my research actually is the history of Vietnam. Um, which we'll kind of go through um, on a so, super high level. Let's not get into the, all of the nitty gritty. No, we don't need to do a breakdown details. of, yeah. But it kind of is... The sandwich is a beautiful outcome of another story of colonialism and imperialism and war. Interesting. So another one of our topics where something beautiful came from years and years of maybe something slightly less beautiful, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Put it mildly. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's go back to July of 1857. Ooh, we're going in the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine. And actually not, I mean, as far I mean, as our t- like that's topics, true. that's, that's true. actually not that far back. So Napoleon decides, Napoleon in France, um, thank decides. You, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> if you didn't know. Um, he decides to invade Vietnam in 1857. So this decision was partially resulting from missionary propaganda so you know save the souls of the uncivilized um but also after 1850 there was a huge surge in french capitalism so they Mm. wanted to have a stronghold over overseas markets naturally um and then obviously they wanted to expand into the the west um and conquer some asian territories i'm sorry yes okay yes but the whole left right thing Yes. The the West wanted to conquer the East. <laughs> there it is. Um, so a, a French military man named Rignault de Genouilly, um was a longtime advocate for invading Vietnam. So he was ordered to attack the harbor of Da Nang um, and turn it into a French military base. Okay. So – where were they attacking from? Because, I mean, like, you look at them. You look at a map. Right. In 1850, going from France to Vietnam, it's not exactly like in sail easily west or east right. to get there. So I don't know specifically the routes they took. Gotcha. But so in July of 1857, they decide to invade. And in August 1958, 
is when they actually landed in Da Nang, Da Nang with uh, about 2,500 men. So it took wow. a year to get there. So yeah, they probably went around, yeah, they so, probably went around Africa. Right. Around the South, yeah. Um, so yeah, so they, they landed in August 1958 and basically- 1858. 1858, yeah. Took them 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> 1858. So they land with their 2,500 men, they storm the harbor, and basically the next day they're occupying the town. Wow. Um. So they soon realized that they needed to have control over another major city. So in 19 – sorry, gosh, 1859, okay. um, they travel down the Saigon River and end up in Saigon and take that city as well. Gotcha. Which is the – was the capital, right? The capital is Hanoi. Gotcha. I always get that mixed up. Yes. Um, which will will come into the story later, but for now it was Da Nang and Saigon. Saigon. By the early, so you know, it's like the age old story of um, you know Europeans coming in, colonializing everything. Right, By right. the early 1900s, Saigon basically looked like a European city. Right. So it had sort of this, you know ostentatious architecture and Parisian looking cafes, um, you know, fancy restaurants, all that stuff. Right. So food was really like a major dividing factor between the us versus them. Um, So the French obviously thinking that they brought, you know, technology and wealth um, and they have this sort of perceived super, superiority holier, over yeah, the uh, the quote-unquote primitive natives. Um, so there was a lot of, I guess, racism based on the food. So a common adage at the time was that bread and meat make us strong, rice and fish keep them weak. And so somehow there was like some pseudoscience involved with thinking that a rice-centric diet – uh, made people more um, or basically like predisposed to being uh, subjugated. Right. It's amazing if you go through like different historical areas and happenings and racism based on food yeah. is actually rampant throughout time. Yeah. So back to our sandwich for a minute. There we go. So obviously the bread is a – French item that came to Vietnam yeah, during they this don't, time. They don't really bake bread historically up to that point, I don't think, in Southeast Asia. Right. So the climate, wheat doesn't grow in Vietnam's climate. Um, you know, they didn't really, like, use use bread. Mm-hmm. So at this time, so the early 1900s, um, late 1800s, the wealthy could import flour to bake or be baked, um, but the average citizen couldn't afford this. So it was, you know, again, only for, for the elite, only for right. the French um, colonists who were there. Right. So was like the, was there average French citizens there or were just – were they all – It was like mostly, you know, military gotcha. families. Gotcha. Um, but there were a lot of them. Or and, like plantation owners basically. Right. For whatever the equivalent of was. Yes. Yeah. I mean all kinds of, you know, spices and other products. So the Vietnamese – 
called this bread bantai, um, which translates to Western cake. Hmm. So, again, it was expensive and only the French ate it. Gotcha. So, in 1914, uh, World War I starts, and obviously the French and the Germans were at odds. <laughs> As were the world. The world. But As specifically world. to our story, it comes into play with the French and the, gotcha. and the Germans. Okay. So, the two largest import companies in this area, so it was called Indochina, mm-hmm. um, were German-owned. So those locations get seized by the French colonial authorities, um, along with all their warehouses piled high with all of these perishable European commodities. So as thousands of French officials are leaving this area to go help with the war efforts, um, it leaves these huge warehouses full of stuff um, which were now then available in the Vietnamese markets for locals oh. at an extremely discounted price. Of course. Oh, interesting. So they had all this surplus. So, again, the working classes were able to afford right. um, these materials. So it was like beer, cheeses, bread, yeah. flour. Um, and, you know, again, they it was, it was a surplus. So it was available mm-hmm. and people were able to use it. Yeah. So bread becomes part of the Vietnamese diet. So when World War II starts up, there's a lot of um, Japanese soldiers now stationed in Vietnam. Mm. And the French influence gets totally reduced. And then at this time, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the, the Vietnamese locals are the idea of sort of this independent Vietnamese without the French or the Japanese influences is getting popularized. Gotcha. So in 1941, Ho Chi Minh comes back from, you know, his travels in, you know, Europe, Soviet Union, and China, and he establishes the League for an Independent for the Independence of Vietnam, okay. the Viet Minh. So again, an anti-imperialist movement. Yep. He wants to unify Vietnam and ex- get rid of the French and the mm-hmm. Japanese. Okay, so in 1945, Japan surrenders, World War II. Heard ends. about that. This is when the national, the Vietnamese nationalism really surged. So the end of 1945, Ho Chi Minh declares Vietnam, Vietnam's independence and kind of like sparks this uprising. The, a year later, in 1946, the Viet Minh were at war with France. Okay. So, again. A whole other like, war that we never hear about. It is. It totally is. But in 1954, so this, this war has gone on for eight years. Eight years, yeah. France agreed to divide Vietnam in two. So okay. Ho Chi Minh and the communist government take power in the north and then the capitalist republic is the south. Starting to see this shape up here. Yes. <laughs> see where this is going. <laughs> so this, I know this is a very like long, drawn-out story yeah. to the history of a sandwich, but it all kind of stems from this history. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. It all starts with the bread. Bread is life. It's all with the bread. Um, so... Uh, it's 1954, there's a division between the North and the South of Vietnam, and a lot of Northerners in 1954 
and by a lot, I mean there's an estimated one million Whoa. Vietnamese escaped the communist stronghold before the border was closed. So families were fleeing from all the major cities, mm-hmm. including Hanoi, um, and traveled to Saigon. Okay. So included in this million was the Lee family. And the Lee family came from Ha Ma, which is a village outside of Hanoi, and they ended up in Saigon. So Mrs. Lee had worked for um, a French company, which was supplying sort of European-style meats, um, so like ham and... Bologna? No, I'm <laughs> I don't know, pork, I <laughs> yeah. guess. To And they were supplying it to the French restaurants um, oh, nice. in Hanoi. So she decides to use that experience um, to start a small family-owned snack bar uh, called Ha Ma, which is the name of the village that they came from. Oh, okay. Um, and they opened their snack bar in 1958. And that is where the Bun Mi sandwich was born. Oh, interesting. Um, so family owned and operated to this day. Oh, wow. So if you visit uh, Saigon, you can actually go to this restaurant, which had the first Bun Mi sandwich. Wow. That's 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 really cool. Yeah. How that all came to that point anyway. Yes. Like, I know. It's like a very long-winded <laughs> story right of like the origin. Right up my alley. Of this. So um, it's in District 3, apparently. So it's a District District 3 sandwich shop. Um, it opened in 1958, and then they moved basically down the street in 1960. And that is where the place stands today. Wow. That's, um, oh, that's a long time. Yes, yeah. So they wanted to create sort of accessible, easy, and cheap um, takeaway food with fresh ingredients. Yeah. So, and again, obviously it was at a more affordable price, so the average Vietnamese citizen could afford it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so right now the the granddaughter of the Lees, um, Hang Chu, uh, is operating the restaurant. Wow. Today. That'll be there for generations to come, too. I hope so. So one of the big questions that I had, actually, was how did the sandwich come to America right. and become so popular? Um, and the answer to that, again, is war. Oh. <laughs> so Go figure. Saigon fell to the North Vietnamese Army in 1975, and they wanted a reunified communist Vietnam, um, and this basically, Vietnam entered a decade of poverty and right. austerity and- yeah, Really, um, really bad times. Really bad times, a lot of hardships, so a lot of small businesses were cl- were temporarily closed, so- uh, Hama was closed during this time. Oh. But a lot of, uh, I think, probably the more wealthy Vietnamese um, actually fled Vietnam at this time and ended up in California. Mm-hmm. So in 1980, a man named Le Van Ba and his sons started a food truck outside of a computer manufacturing plant um, in California. I think this was in, like, Silicon Valley area. Yeah. So Lei 
was, yeah, he was a wealthy merchant, um, but lost everything in the communist takeover Oof. of South Vietnam. And uh, he, once he got to California, um, he started making bun me sandwiches wow. um, out of a food truck. And it got super popular. Um, he was trying to market to Vietnamese who were working in these manufacturing plants, but it quickly caught on with the non-Vietnamese workers um, and college students. Yeah, I would imagine so. So it was cheap and delicious and readily available via food trucks. Man, food trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It basically spread from there, and like many other things, you know, California kind of made it popular, mm-hmm. and then it made its way over to the East Coast. Trendsetters. Well, it is kind of true. I mean, like... It is. I don't know. I remember the, the cupcake boom. That was all yeah. because of... Yeah. That bakery in L.A., Sprinkles. Oh, yeah. um, the cupcake then, boom. You got skateboarding. You got... I mean, even tacos, recreational really. marijuana, the whole all, thing, all, all the co- stuff. Coming, it all starts all in California coming. and then makes its way. It all east. starts in the west and works its way east. Yes, full circle. Full circle. So the history of the sandwich itself, like putting the ingredients together, is nothing, you know, mind blowing. It was like a sandwich. A, a, it's a sandwich. And it's a delicious sandwich, and it was put together by the Lees. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Um, but the crazy part is how it sort of came to be with, right. you know, obviously a lot of war and heartache, but um, something delicious and beautiful did come out of it. Definitely. Something we enjoy today. So I have a question. Yes. What makes it bun me? Meaning, like, can I make a bun me sandwich with whatever I want on there? Like, what... Mm. What or what's the at what point can I start changing ingredients and have it, it still be a bun me? So what I read was they started so when the the French first ended up in Vietnam, they were making everything the same. So it would like like a baguette and they would have cheese and butter mm-hmm. and cold cuts. Okay. And that was like their sandwich. And then but all of those ingredients like spoiled quickly so like butter didn't last very long it was expensive um so they swapped that with mayonnaise which was cheaper and didn't spoil as quickly Mm -hmm. they didn't have the cheese but they still used meat Mm -hmm. when possible right um adding the fresh vegetables so i i would say if you're just having like a roll or a sub with Meat and cheese, like no, that's it's not, just a sandwich. That's just that's a sandwich. That's yeah. A sub. So I would say the the mayonnaise, the pate, um, and then the fresh vegetables. Wonderful. But I don't know if that's like legitimate answer. But yeah, well, that's what I, I mean. Based on what you're researching, that's what you're pulling out of it anyway. Yeah, yeah they swapped out. So um, basically, as long as my sandwich has pickled pickled carrots, pate spread, and fresh vegetables on it. I guess. Works for me. Yeah. I love I pate. <sighs> it's yes. the French Canadian in me. Yes. I know you do. I I I don't mind it on a sandwich where it's just sort of like adding. It's like 
but it's not the main flavor. Yeah, I don't really want to like think about it. It's got a scrapple look to it. You don't. Yeah, I don't know. Just eating it like on a cracker. I don't know. It has to be really good pate, I guess. But yeah, one of the I I didn't really have that many fun facts out of this one, but most stalls that sell bun mi sandwiches on the streets of Vietnam charge under one dollar for a sandwich so it is like cheap. what but i think it's also a lot smaller than yeah, the ones still. we get here but yeah i mean even if it's a half it. size for what i spend eight to ten dollars on here yeah for one u.s dollar yeah mm. mm-hmm. do you it's get like stuff. a baker's dozen discount or something like that? <laughs> i'll take 13 of those please <laughs> like you are for sure, American. <laughs> you, that American. What do you do? Um, so that that is the story of the bun mi sandwich. Honestly, the resources that I had for this, so were history.com, um, Encyclopedia Britannica. So I had to do a lot of digging on sort of the different wars. <laughs> um, but then also an article by Simon Stanley – written in 2016 for roadsandkingdoms.com. And he actually posted a lot of this material after spending time in Saigon and talking to all the different families. Oh, wow. Um, So he visited, you know, the Lee family, the Hama shop, and was able to talk to them and sort of did did a lot of digging Mm -hmm. on the origin of the bun mi sandwich. So his article definitely – contributed heavily to this episode and yeah it's I don't know it, this was kind of an interesting one to research because it didn't go back that far so the the origin story actually was feasible to <laughs> to find to find and tell within you know 30 minutes <laughs> yeah less uh less um controversy around where it actually came from and yeah yeah like we go back to ancient Egypt where the right. bun mi sandwich came from. No, not this time. <laughs> not this time. It's a little so more that... tangible to think 170 years versus 1,700 right. years like some of our topics go back. Yes, exactly. Also, interesting to me from this is that since before kind of European colonialism, specifically French colonialism, going into Vietnam, there was no real baked goods as far as we mm-hmm. understand them today. But some of the best bakeries – are Vietnamese oh, bakeries yeah, now right. in yeah. the in certain areas of the country. That's really interesting. Donut shops, bakeries, things like that. And yeah. they, you know, there's, a, you know, I'll extend that out to, to Korea too. There's like Korean bakeries that I, I used to live nearby in certain areas of, of Boston neighborhoods that it's Western baking techniques, but with Eastern flavors. Yeah. Like a, um, like a red bean donut. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Del- I think it's delicious. Like sweet red bean donut. Yeah. Where it's, it's like a, it's a jelly donut, but instead of jelly, it's a sweet red bean paste yeah. on the inside. So it's like really, it's really interesting for me to see how other cultures, regardless of how it happened, you know, obviously there's, right. there's definitely some, some dark side to the story of probably what happened with France invading Vietnam and setting down roots in Vietnam. And I'm sure like a lot of our topics, there are a lot of, unfortunate terrible things probably happened but the results from some of that like the bun mi sandwich or these cultures clashing and creating new beautiful things like yeah. Vietnamese bakeries and yeah. all this it's really interesting to see i know just the imagine positive results imagine like if people just weren't um power hungry and uh, violent 
what what delicious food we could have come up with. <laughs> I know. And, I mean, there's so much delicious food that we've yet to talk about that we will talk about. We'll have similar backstories, I'm sure. Yeah. So even, you know, yeah, you're right. I think the we could have had a lot more um, – a lot more positive results sooner had there not been that right. that power grab around the world, which still, um, you know, yeah, in know. certain parts of the world still exists. And even, you know, we're, we're not going to get on too tall of a soapbox here, obviously, because it's not the point of the show. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. One of the things that was interesting that I read, the um, which is just a little sidebar, the warehouse takeover of the, the German-owned right. warehouses, um, they also had sweet condensed milk. In the in that stockpile, oh. so enter Vietnamese coffee. Right, of course. Yeah, which is cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Wow, really, really interesting topic. I wouldn't expect a, just a sandwich to have such a deep, interesting history and yeah. origin story. Yeah. So actually, this was a topic suggested by Leon, way back. Yes, um, this is. I so, forgot about that. That's yeah. true. That's and true. And it was always in the sort of on the list. Um, so. So some of the topics that you guys have suggested, we'll start researching them, and they're, like, so hefty um, yes. that it's really hard to condense into a 30-minute um, sort of story. But we still appreciate the suggestions, and hopefully we will get to all of the ones that you guys have suggested. But Plenty of food and drinks out there to talk about over the, exactly. over the coming months and years with this but podcast. The, so. the bun me sandwich um, was thanks to Leon. The topic, anyway. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> the topic. The actual sandwich was courtesy of the Lee family. As we just learned, as we just learned, well... Thank you, Laura. This was a fantastic topic. And thank you to all of you out there for listening to another episode of the show. Uh, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us out, lets us know that you uh, you like what we're doing, and we should keep doing it for you. Yeah. And you can follow us on Instagram at where did this come from pod. So at where did this come from underscore pod. Uh, We'll give updates on sort of upcoming shows and any little fun facts that we pull together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for listening listening and we hope you all stay safe and well and hopefully are getting some vaccinations and maybe we can see you all soon yes there's uh, some new new life and bright bright horizons in front of us for sure huzzah 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 well we will see you all next week for a mini-sode uh, but in the meantime everyone have a great week stay healthy be well and we'll see you next time on where did this come from